Last week, we went through an exercise, uh, posted 50 like niche specialization ideas for your accounting firm. And I got a bunch of really like positive feedback from that where people were like, oh my gosh, I didn't, never thought of a million of these different things. And it gave me this and that great idea. And it's now kind of sending me down a different path. And I think it's because specialization or niching, the concept makes sense. And you can understand like why that leads to a more profitable firm, but visual, visualizing exactly what that would be and ideating, how do I get from where I am to there? That's the hard part. And seeing more examples of how you could build it, I think it makes it feel way more accessible. So we're going to run through a bunch more today. And interestingly, in the age of the internet, in the age of new media, how do you get in front of people today? Because we're not going to chamber meetings. We're not standing on the street corner sign spinning. Accounting firms fundamentally are not capitalizing on new media and it's not hard to do. It's not expensive. And I think it's the best way to build an awesome specialized firm today. So come on in. Let's let's make something special. Bless AI. So I returned to the conversation where I used ChatGPT to help me generate uh, 50 like micro niche ideas before. And before I was generating them 10 at a time and I just said, make me 50 more. And before I did it, I had the same feeling that I would have if I returned to a human and said, yeah, those, th those things that you just did, make 50 more. And I was like, geez, that's kind of brutal. And I almost expected it to say no or to complain. And bless its little digital heart. It didn't. I honestly think we forget this about computers and AI, that they're perfectly happy to just jug away and do our bidding in a way that fellow human beings are not. Okay, so briefly set the stage. We talk a lot about specialization on this podcast. We talk about how finding a more specific type of person with more specific pains will feel the pains that you solve for more acutely. It's the difference between the best client on your client list and the worst client on your client list. The worst one, you're like already billing them half price and they gripe every time on the bill and you already marked it down. But the people at the top, they're like, oh my gosh, you are a godsend. We love you so much. And they'd probably be, probably be willing to pay you even more. And it's because they feel the pains that you solve in a really, really painful way. So how do we find more of them? How do we get a whole client list of them? Or better yet, find somebody else who feels the pains you solve even more acutely or do we just not even think about it and assume that uh, the 100 clients in the world who most feel those pains just wandered into your lap, just stumbled in the door one day? Do you think that's like? No, it's not likely. So our job as firm owners is to find a type of person that has a very specific, very painful pain that we can solve and then double down on that group because those people will pay you tippy tippy top dollar for solving those problems. And it's ultimately what protects us from general solutions getting really good, like AI solutions or TurboTax or you know, QuickBooks Live, like all these um, productized solutions that will continue to get better. When we have a super deep understanding of what a specific category needs, we're good. That's ultimately how we protect ourselves from that stuff. So I'm going to just jog through a few of my favorite sort of specialty accounting firm ideas here. On social media today, I think I'll post it. Today, as this is going out, another 50 ideas to kind of get your mind running. I can put the full text on Twitter. I can't put the full text on LinkedIn because it's too long. But if you follow me out there, you can see the whole list if you want to. So when we initially looked at some specializations, something that I started thinking about that I think we need to develop further, and this may actually be the most important thing to come from this, is in an age of new media, 
and algorithms. Everybody now consumes information via algorithms. And this is like a last five-year thing. Like, developed civilization, they're spending all of their idle moments, most of them, scrolling an algorithm. And I, I still don't know what the long-term impact of that will be, if our brains will just turn to baby food in about three years. But in the age of the algorithm, how do you get in front of people? How do you make like human connections? Because human connections are absolutely made online. I am friends with many, many of you, folks that I, who I would not have met had I not been like visible and putting myself out there. You go to conferences and you see people who are, are friends online meeting in person for the first time. These are real relationships. So as much as we like to dump on social media and the algorithms and TikTok and stuff like that, like people are building real relationships probably at a faster rate online than they are in person. And when it comes to running a business that is based on trust, how do you build trust over these channels? So counting firms, uh, I harp on this a lot, largely unchanged pre-internet versus post-internet. People are running professional services companies the exact same way they always did. So in the age of new media, how do we get in front of a person with a specific type of pain. Stuff we talked about in Monday's episode, I included it in the newsletter last Thursday, uh, newsletter.jason.cpa if you're not on that one yet. How can we piggyback other people's audiences in new media to get our firms in front of people? Influencers. They're the obvious ones, right? Influencer marketing is massive business. It's going to continue growing massively as Traditional media is kind of eroded by a generation of people who grew up on YouTube. That's just where they consume information and how they learn. But also in every single one of our feeds, we have influencers, good and bad. Another thing that I think is driving a more personal level of content production is the fact that AI is like cheapening the creation of content. Like we can just generate endless articles and endless videos with AI narration on literally any topic out there. And right now it's not great content, but it will continue getting better. AI is also driving misinformation where we don't know, did this, is this really this person saying this or not? Or how do we even trust this? And all of these things lead to creators, influencers, being where people consume information, where they learn, because it's a place that they have trust. They've built a relationship with that person. They trust the things that they're saying. And I'm not saying this is a good thing or a bad thing, because obviously that can be abused in all sorts of wild ways. But if you are looking to hijack the trust that somebody's already built with an audience to get your thing in front of them, or if you're looking for a platform where you can demonstrate your expertise, doesn't get any better than influencers, in my opinion. So if you're looking at a space, who are the thought leaders in that space? How can you have a conversation with them on a podcast? How can you even just support what they do through sponsorship, giving away a little bit of work, that sort of thing? So influencers, that's a biggie. Software platforms. Software platforms, right or wrong, control a lot of these categories. So we talked about the example of fitness trainers selling training and, and meal planning and coaching through online platforms. Well, the online platforms that all these things run through, they are a hub where you can find those coaches who you could serve. And so each of these platforms put out you know, their own content. Many of them have online communities where the coaches can come hang out. Uh, communities are increasingly becoming a part of virtually every software platform. So if there is a software platform that all of your clients or prospective clients are, are working through, building a partnership with that platform where you can create content for them, where you can be you know, support them in their community, that's a great way to get visibility into that group of people. Uh, podcasts, 
Uh, I've talked about this before. Podcasts are like the final frontier of long form content. Everything is getting crunched down and videos are getting shorter and more retention oriented. And now like the average length of the TikTok video, even though TikTok's trying to trying to push videos longer, the average content of like what people, the average length of what people consume there is like under 20 seconds. And it's what makes podcasting so unique because there's no other form of media where Jim can go sit on his riding mower for 45 minutes and have somebody just in his ear talking to him that entire time kind of the final frontier of long form. In fact, it's weird how podcasting has like trended now towards like the big think boy stuff being like super long form, like your Tim Ferriss or your Lex Friedman, like they're going three plus hours having these conversations. Meanwhile, someone on TikTok, like that thumb is on auto scroll unless there's something absolutely spectacular. It's weird how those things have kind of divided. This episode is sponsored in part by Cloud cloud accountant staffing. Y'all know I'm a big advocate of hiring offshore. One of the biggest changes I've made in my firm, we transitioned a legacy firm from 100% onshore local hiring to 100% distributed US and then 100% distributed globally hiring. And honestly, is the best thing I, we did. It virtually alleviated all of our hiring pains, completely changed how we thought about staffing projects and the type of work that we wanted to bring on. Because you know what? The folks we hired offshore, really freaking good. A lot of misconceptions around the type of people that you hire offshore uh, because your enterprises will oftentimes use offshore folks for like menial work. Absolutely not the case. Uh, there are tens of thousands of people working for big four accounting firms, you know, offshore, uh, outside the US. You can get folks that can do anything from tax to junior level stuff to super senior level stuff. Uh, but try to do that yourself, figure it all out yourself. That's gonna be hard, it's gonna be scary. Really good place to start. Cloud accountant staffing, they will hold your hand through that process. Their story is super simple. Uh, an accounting firm in the US hired a bunch of people in the Philippines, fell in love with them, but didn't fall in love with the fees they were having to pay to the staffing companies that were managing these employees. So they built their own solution and now they're starting to pull other accountants in. I'd encourage you, a, a big tipping point for me was when I was like, I'm gonna stop being opinionated on this and just try to learn. And so I talked with other practitioners, I talked with some of the vendors that would like help you get into offshoring. Uh, that really opened things up for me. So if you've been on the fence, I'd encourage you to at least learn about it. And if you start heading down that path, consider cloud accountant staffing. This episode is sponsored in part by LiveFlow. I've been talking a lot lately about the new consolidation stuff that they rolled out honestly a killer solution for, for rolling up a large number of companies. But a couple good use cases for LiveFlow may not be thinking about. LiveFlow syncs accounting data from your QBO file out to Google Sheets, which can be super helpful in situations where you don't want to give somebody access to the QuickBooks file itself, but they need access to specific data from the accounting file. That could be your client, who you don't want in there messing stuff up. It could be some other stakeholder who may need access to metrics but you don't want them in the file, them like actually in the file. Could be you're up, like bumping up against user limits within QuickBooks, where maybe you have to upgrade to another level to let more users into the file. Some interesting use cases there for LiveFlow around uh, just giving granular access to folks who can't be into the file themselves. Kind of wild if you think about the whole ecosystem of all the things that can be automated around spreadsheets as well. Stuff you can build with, you know, Zapier and Make and the scripting built into Google Sheets and all that. 
use live flow to get the accounting data there and you kind of do whatever you want with it so if you're looking for a way to liberate that accounting data from the accounting file check out the link to live flow in the show notes but podcasts if you're looking to find people in the space podcasts are a great way to get a snapshot of like who are the respective people who are the thought leaders there but then the holy grail is that cold dm to the people who run the podcast saying hey, here's what I do. I would be a killer interview and add a bunch of value to your audience by talking about this specific thing. We'll be happy to come on if it's helpful for you. That may be intimidating. You may feel like I'm not capable of that. The reality is for content creators, those peeps are running on a treadmill. They are running on a hamster wheel. Like you have to continue coming up with content to publish. And if you can come to them with something really compelling that's valuable to their audience, they're gonna be excited about that. They're gonna take you up on it. At the very least, you can sponsor it, or you can do both. When it comes to specialization, the goal is to be for someone so specific where they're like, wow, beekeepers? An accounting firm for beekeepers? I've never heard of that before. Guess it means I can't work with anybody else. And they're going to come to you because you're the beekeeper person. And if, it, if it's a podcast ad and they just hear that, they're like, yep, we do tax for this specific person, or we do accounting for this specific type of person. A lot of people are going to put that riding mower into neutral and be like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that there actually was. Like, I'm not a big fan of my advisor right now. I didn't know that there was one for people specific as me. And I think in terms of ad spend, if you look at stuff like AdWords and very general and Facebook, like big advertising platforms, there was a time when those things were unbelievably high ROI. That continues to be eroded and just get more and more expensive. Influencer marketing, uh, in my opinion, it is still super, super, super early days. And in many cases is like the highest ROI place to spend marketing bucks. I mean, you've got like 100,000 subscriber YouTube channels who will do $500 ad integrations where 50,000 people are going to see that ad. Like that just blows my mind. I don't know if the category you're going to go after is going to be that big, that broad, and it doesn't need to be importantly. I mean, my channels are a great example of how you have a really valuable, super niche audience so that the channels will always be very small, but it's still very valuable to advertisers. So don't get caught up in like the vanity metrics, but sponsoring that stuff, being able to get into that content, really valuable. And then last, didn't bring this one up last week, newsletters. I don't know how I missed that. Uh, there are newsletters for just about everything, which is good. Like I want, like there's influencers these days for just about every little baby subcategory, which I absolutely love. I'm a huge advocate of more folks getting into the business of, of education and being content creators like what I do. Because look around in the accounting space, I'm hoping that I'm raising the bar for the quality of what we want and also raising the bar for the value of independence. So not a software company just approaching you and being like, can you make a video for our thing and then post it? Like, I, I think that's kind of dumb. Like ultimately for me on the other side of that equation, I'm, that's not that valuable to me as opposed to someone who's putting out like educational content and building trust, selectively doing some of that content with brands uh, when they are brands that they believe in and actually think will will help and support people, but also making it super, super clear where that division is when, okay, this is sponsored content, but this isn't. Because when that integration is so tight and that partnership is so tight that I can't really trust that you're being 100% transparent with me when you're not in an ad, then, then you lose that trust, right? And trust is just like, the most important currency that we are trading on these days as deep fakes and AI and all this stuff gets you know more and more compelling. Okay, so influencers, software platforms, podcasters, newsletters. I wanna keep, keep building on this because 
new media, like all these different ways that people are now learning. I don't think accounting firms have caught up to engaging in these things to get in front of a great like new type of client. Okay, some of my favorite uh, specializations from this last 50 that we generated and where they could plug into some of these things we've talked about, influencers, podcasters, that sort of thing. I will say we get caught up on industry niche. There's a whole, and, and I actually don't even really like the vernacular niche. I prefer specialization because there's a whole bunch of different dimensions you could specialize on that actually aren't even related to industry. Industry could be one of them. But for example, you could also specialize in just like how you deliver your service. So like being the tax firm that will go and spend every day of February, March, and April in the retirement home helping people file their taxes, that's an awesome specialization. Being the firm that only works with clients in Discord or in Slack only over the phone. Like these are all like versions of specialization and they don't have to be new agey. Just be specific and and don't be shy about that specificity because when you say this is how we prefer to do it, it's going to attract people that also like align with that and that's their preference as well. All right, some ideas on specialization. And I'm always blown away by how fun these are. Uh, Esports teams and organizations, small to mid-sized teams with revenues of a half million to 20 million, key pain point, managing prize money, sponsorship income, and player contracts. Uh, I mean, esports is a great example of something that, unless you're into it, people know absolutely nothing about. Uh, These things like generate a lot of money. There's a ton of complexity to them. Imagine just walking into an accounting firm and being like, yes, yes, I run an esports org and I would like for you to help me. Imagine what that experience is going to be like for that org. Not great. And when they tune into a podcast and you're like, welcome to Steve's uh, esports, not Steve, Jim's esports accounting firm. And it's got like some like real, you know, cheesy esports style logo. People hear that they're going to be pumped. Not because you're any good, not because they know literally anything about you, but just because you're specific. Like that's how low the bar is. Uh, Finding influencers and and all that stuff in this space, like that's probably easier because these groups are so visible. That's not going to be super hard to find. The one thing that may be a little more tricky in in each of these cases is it's one thing to be a esports or a gaming newsletter or something like that, but that's not the audience you want. The audience you want are the people who run these orgs. It is the people who are into the business of all of that stuff, not the consumer side, but who are into the business of it. And this is why software platforms are are a good path here. Also influencers, if you can work out influencers who are selling affiliate for the software platforms, generally they're gonna be selling to people who are, are running the business. So that could be a good way to source influencers who are actually selling to the decision makers, not just the consumers. Uh, Mobile health services. I don't know much about this stuff. Uh, small to medium services, revenues of 2 million to 15 million, key pain point, billing for mobile services, Medicare and Medicaid compliance. Yeah. I don't know if that is a, generally a, a growing category or not. Uh, in a perfect world, you're hitching your wagon to a growing category. Uh, case in point, the next one here, cryptocurrency investment advisors. Obviously, that's taken a big turn the last couple of few years. Like who knows ultimately whether that'll become a big thing or not. But if I'm going to actually invest a bunch of time and money into a space, I would like to be reasonably sure that it's something that's going to grow over time. This episode is brought to you in part by Team Up, helping you recruit top 
Filipino accountants without any ongoing monthly fees. The difference between TeamUp and all the other offshoring options is that TeamUp helps you hire staff directly. No middleman. You work directly with your new hire in the Philippines. Hire the person, not the company. Guys, gals, gang, here's just a few reasons to hire directly. You have access to higher level talent. Makes sense. You have complete control over team culture and training. They keep 100% of what you pay them, and it's a lot more affordable for you, so you can retain your team for the long term. Team Up can source accountants with experience working at US or Australian firms, familiar with tools like Xero, QBO, and Dex. Also recruit specialist roles, team leaders, tax specialists, administrative assistants. Thought experiment, what if you had an executive assistant for the first time this tax season? Hmm. Just, just throwing it out there. What would they do? Start at that email video I did on the main channel recently. Get help with that stanky old inbox. I digress. Team Up recruits these talented folks for a flat one-time fee of 4,000 US American dollars. That's it, 4K one time. Somebody at Robert Half just did a spit take. Robert Half reference. We ever gonna get Robert Half to sponsor this pod? Not anymore. And they can connect you with an affordable employer of record if you need help with payroll and compliance once you hire that person. Big fan of hiring in the Philippines. You know I did a bunch of that. Uh, check out the link in the description to learn more about TeamUp. This episode is sponsored in part by Relay. Did you know that Relay saves advisors three to five hours of work per client per month? <clears throat> because collaboration between clients and advisors on Relay, it's easy and secure. Every client you invite to Relay gets added to your firm's partner portal. You may have seen we recently did a demo day on Relay on the main channel. Relay does a bunch of cool stuff. What gets me most excited is access, not having to hack together like using your client's access or your team using your access. So every client gets added to your partner portal. This means a portal where firm staff can safely access and switch between client accounts from a single login, their own login, role-based permission levels, direct bank feeds to QBO and Zero, and statement syncs with HubDoc and Dex to ultra-detailed transaction data that speeds up reconciliation, built-in receipt management, accounts payable automation, plus Relay's new partner program introduces meaningful cash rewards for advisors, more partner perks, and an advisor directory to help clients find you, the clients that are already banking with Relay. Head over to RelayFi.com slash stats to learn more and book a demo, or check out the link in the show notes. Disclaimer voice, Relay is a financial technology company, not an FDIC-insured bank. Banking services and FDIC insurance are provided through ThreadBank member FDIC. The Relay Visa debit card is issued by ThreadBank pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated and may be used everywhere Visa debit cards are accepted. Custom software solutions for healthcare. Small to mid-sized developers, revenues 2 to $50 million. Key pain point, contract accounting and HIPAA-compliant financial auditing. Even I mean, even if you're not doing auditing, like just being able to navigate the patient information complications there. That is something that's so specific. Good golly, could you charge top dollar for that? I love, probably the most fun thing I ever did in my accounting firm was rolling out our, we called it a managed accounting service, kind of like managed IT, where we're like, we're just going to come in, we're going to run your entire accounting department because we know how to do it better than you. And one of the situations where we found that we were really suited to help was in larger company groups where you have all these people inside a larger org where oftentimes, in this case, it was like in the case of dental roll-ups, you're rolling up these dental clinics. No dentist wants to be part of how you put together an accounting team. Nobody even knows how to do it because they're all coming into that for the first time. But this is a situation where you could come into a $5 million, $10 million, $25 million company and be like, yeah, we're, we're going to be like a 3% line item, but we're going to do all of this stuff really, really well. 
and you're not going to have to worry about it. And we do it for a bunch of other companies too. So like ultimately we are learning from all these engagements. That's all going to ultimately benefit you. It's something that you don't want to manage in your business. We'll take care of it for you. And because this is so specific, custom software solutions for healthcare, I've actually got a buddy that runs a software agency where they do stuff for like some of the big insurance companies. And he actually goes to conferences that are like software, like medical software conferences. That's such a specific thing that man, you could come in and charge top dollar for that. And where a lot of accountants get stuck and this actually keeps people from specializing is it's not really that different than X, Y, and Z. And you're right. It's not like uh, generally like there's going to be some differences like contract accounting. Sure. I don't know. Squat about that. That's something that you are going to have to figure out, but it's generally not super complex stuff. And it's more about the window dressing and knowing the vernacular and the problems these people have. And 90% of the compliance and the accounting and all that stuff is the same. But that, that's not a reason to not specialize. That's a great reason to specialize because it means without an outrageous investment, you can at least try out this specialization that will almost certainly pay way better. I mean, this is a situation where like you're going to charge four to five X for this specific service, what you could just charge to general businesses of this size. Niche food blogs with product sales. Uh, blogs generating revenue, uh, product sales, 100K to 5 million, key pain point, online sales tax compliance, block and income from affiliate marketing. Are food blogs still a thing that's growing? I don't know. Definitely like influency stuff. I don't know what blogs look like these days. I love this one. Marine conservation nonprofits. Nonprofits focused on ocean health with budgets of a half million to 10 million. Key pain point, grant accounting and compliance with funding restrictions. You want to talk about hairy, specific, complex stuff? That is disgusting, but a great thing to build a business around. Also, it very well might align with your passions. Is this something you were into in the past? Is it something you're curious about? Are you a mermaid? Or a merman or a mer person. I can tell you something that I that I I think my generation and the Zoomers are getting over that I would love to keep pushing on is this whole divide between your work things and your hobby things. And we've all heard like the don't turn your hobby into a job, right? That that's like a bad thing to do because then you won't have anything in life at all that you enjoy. And is that really realistic? Let's just let's just hypothetically let's take a flyer. And let's go down the path of actually exploring the stuff that, I don't know, you enjoy? Hot take, I know. But let's say that we did go down that path a little bit and you're like, could I make a job out of this thing that I'm actually really passionate about? Do you think that along the way you will find other things that you love or do you think that will exhaust your soul love for your existence and that's just gonna be it? I would hazard a guess that along the way, you will actually find more things that you enjoy and actually enjoy the journey because you're like exploring something that you love. That's actually something I really like about these specializations, like your esports stuff and like all these different very specific things where you may actually really enjoy these categories, but like traditional historical wisdom has been like, oh, no, 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 no. You got to like, when you're, you're like, your work is like, this is your real life. This is the real world. And the hobby is the escape from the real world. When I would argue as a as a you know 35-year-old snowflake that's also very entitled from like having found a level of success that I hadn't expected and I understand that that like definitely changes a person's perspective and maybe uh you look at like 
Like when people write articles about, here's some life advice from Jeff Bezos. Like you want to talk about the least grounded person. That guy's reality is so far removed from my own. But I would like to think that because we all have one life to live, not following the things that you enjoy, buddy, that just, <laughs> that just doesn't seem like the answer, right? It just doesn't. And the one really cool thing about accounting is that everybody needs accounting. Accounting is it, like it is the financial fabric that that underpins kind of everything. So if you have something you're super interested in, cool. Can you go do accounting or tax compliance for that category? Ultimately, will it ruin that thing that you love? I don't know. You may keep loving it. You might have a great time. But even if you did ruin it, I would hazard a guess that along the way, you would probably find other things that you like. That worst case scenario of, oh, crap, I love golf. And now I talk to golfers and golf courses all day. And it's not fun anymore. I have a really hard time believing that timeline where that just like sucks and there's nothing else in your life that you love. So I like specializations that align with maybe past experience that you have, like maybe a past career where you have a, an understanding of that category in a way that other accountants won't, or it's just something that you're passionate about where you can like actually be excited to talk to these people. That was something I had learned by the end of accounting firm running was I got nothing in common with dentists. You think accountants are bad to talk to? Oh, I digress. How's this? Luxury pet hotels, high-end pet boarding with revenues of half million to 10 million, key pain point, seasonal revenue fluctuations, and luxury service tax implications. Luxury pet hotels could also just be pet hotels. Talk about something that would align with like your interests and stuff that you enjoy, right? Pet ho There's some unbelievably creative things when it comes to pet hotels. Let me very briefly digress. I had a client who lives on the Oregon coast. There's this pet hotel there who as part of the service will come to your house and pick up your dog to take them to this dog hotel. And they have this little short school bus. And he, he showed me a picture of it. It's the most adorable thing you've ever seen. They come to your house. They pick up your dog. Your dog gets on this little yellow short school bus. It sits in a chair and gets buckled into a special doggy seatbelt. And you are looking at the inside of a school bus with just a bunch of dogs wearing seatbelts looking back at you that can like half hang their heads out the window. And that thing like drives away and it is the funniest looking thing you've ever seen. It's probably phenomenal advertising for the pet hotel. You got this school bus full of just the happiest dogs you've ever seen in your life. The just died when I saw the pictures. Uh, but hey, those things are everywhere. Not unlike funeral homes. Everywhere you go, people are gonna have pets. That, that's not a good analogy. Okay, independent comic book publishers. Small publishers, annual revenue 100K to 3 million. Key pain point, royalty payments and crowdfunding campaign finances. Um, big uh, internal voice here. We like to talk about internal voices. Internal voice is pushing back right now. This feels too specific. How am I ever, how am I ever gonna find that many clients within this category? And this was the case and it was the problem pre-internet. That has all been turned on its head by the internet, by the access that the internet enables, but also by the introduction of hubs courtesy of new media. The fact that you can have an industry publication, a newsletter that a ton of people are plugged into, and now you can get in front of them via that newsletter. The fact that we almost all like watch and consume content from influencers, like almost all of us do. And the super niche influencers like those are hubs of these people that did not exist before. You cannot go to a chamber meeting and build a business out of independent comic book publishers. And so the wisdom and the guidance of like how to build an accounting firm, which is still largely entrenched 
in the pre-algorithm era, it's not taking into account the specificity that we can now find by finding those little pockets in the internet, like the places where those conversations are happening and those people collect from all over. And for me as a firm owner, that's great news because I can run a more specific type of firm that better aligns with the problems that my clients have. Specialized venture travel operators. Oh, those people that put together like those little custom like group trips. I've always wanted to do one of those. But I don't know how you'd like suss out which ones are legit and which ones aren't. Uh, artisanal chocolate makers. Custom sailboat builders. Imagine that being your job. Going out and hanging with those people. Custom board game creators. Another thing that's like, if that's right up your alley, something that you're super into. I know there's a ton of like board game influencer folks out there. I think this is more oriented towards like the creators of the board games but don't do that don't make don't make your passion your job i don't know imagine getting to the end of life and being like i'm sure glad i had all these passions that i never pursued you know at least sometimes on nights and weekends i got to pursue them i do think my job i I think my generation and the zoomers are doing a better job of recognizing that like the person that turns up to work is an entire person you can pretend that they can like somehow sever their brain into the work side and the everything else they're into side. But when that person is at their best is when they are working on stuff they are pumped about, right? Like I always try to find that hire who is super into the thing that we need them to do because they're going to be thinking about it when they're at work, when they're not at work, like they're passionate about that thing. So if you can find a version of work that aligns with what you're passionate about, you're just going to be like twice as productive. Enjoy what you do. We spend too much time like toiling away on work for work to not be something that we're allowed to enjoy. It's like suffering for suffering's sake just because work is supposed to be suffering. That's no fun. If this uh, this gave you any ideas of like a specialization that you are thinking about, I would love to see you drop it in the comments because as you see those things, it gives you ideas like, oh yeah, that's kind of where I'm at and that makes sense over in this other way. So if you got any fresh ideas from this one, I'd love to see them. Thanks for hanging. We got Q&A coming up on Friday. Any other questions, drop them in the comments and I'll see you there.